As you can tell, we had a good time. But even more than that, I mean, it was hot. And, um, you know, we 25 people living together, sleeping together, brushing their teeth in the same bathrooms, eating all this different stuff that don't know each other can be quite exciting, exhausting, as some would say. And so we just want to hear just a couple of testimonies from those that, that were able to go so you can hear the story. And out of the 25 that went, I think 20 had never been on a mission trip before. And so it was an exciting experience from that part as well. So I'm going to invite Ms. Gracie, if you'll come on up first and just share a little bit. You can stand right there. I'm going to give you this microphone. First of all, I want to say those teenage girls were the biggest assets we had. They, we couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it without them. But anyway, I want to tell you, I was, felt like I was really blessed to be able to go. You can see I'm a note person. So when we signed up to go, Chris said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, you know, you said construction. I love to paint, paint buildings, paint whatever. And then I'm pretty good at helping with crafts, so we can do crafts. Well, I got an email, looked at my email, and it said, chairperson, Gracie, for crafts. Chairperson, whoa. I said, oh, okay, no problem. I did vacation Bible school here, did all the crafts, or did half the class of crafts. Five years old to 11, not a problem. Already got my criteria. Made a list. Got a plan. Got another email. Hmm. Crafts will be for all children. Don't know how many. Could be three. Could be 300. And from the toddlers through high school. No, no, no I have a list. <laughs> Five to 11. And at the bottom of the email, it said, and at the second church, you will do crafts for adults. A- adults? No, no. I had high school. Now you're giving me adults, and you saw the adults up there. Some were older than me. But anyway, I still had my list. But when I got to Puerto Rico, I threw the list away. Because they're on island time, and it doesn't matter. And I said, you know what? I could think I could hear God laughing. You made a list. <laughs> you made a plan. <laughs> I have a plan. He has a plan. And so that was my plan I went with. And I tell you what, I met some really interesting, talented people down there that were just, every morning when we pulled up, they were standing outside the door waiting for us. And I felt that was kind of a thrill to me because I knew that they were anxious to see us. But I tell you, the one thing I met, I met some really wonderful people from Second Baptist that I would have never got to know and never got to be around and discovered they have this weirdest sense of humor as I do, which was really kind of nice. So for me, it was a win-win trip. Thank you. All right. Lauren? Hi, I'm Lauren Little. Um, I didn't really know what to expect when going on this trip. I know we were going to be working with kids, and I was like, okay, kids, like, I guess I like them. I mean, there's some kids I'm like, I don't really know how I feel about them. It's <laughs> <laughs> the truth. But um, I went with an open heart, like, I wanted God to teach me something about myself or about others. And I just want to share what he taught me. Um, One thing he taught me is it's really easy to love kids. 
and to love anyone, really. But I was super concerned, like, I don't speak Spanish. A lot of them only speak Spanish. I don't know how to communicate with them. I don't know what they like. I don't know how to ask them, like, what they need. But all you really need to do is just smile, give them a hug, play with them. And one thing that I noticed while I was there is showing that you love them and showing that God loves them changes them drastically. And there was one little girl, she was was about 13, and on the first day we almost had to break up a fight between her and another girl that she was having an issue with. And she was rude and sassy and mean, but by the end of the week, we just loved on her, and by the end of the week she was one of the sweetest girls there. She came, gave us all hugs, thanked us so much. She didn't speak much English, but she knew how to say thank you. And, like, I had a great time, and, like, I hope you guys come back. So it's just great seeing how whenever you love on people, how it can affect them and how easy it is to really love on people. So thank you. And Mike. So as Mike shares, as soon as Mike's done, I got another little short video. We had some baptisms in Puerto Rico we want to show you. Good morning, Mike Cooper. I uh, just the video brought back so many memories, so many emotions, seeing the pictures and the kids and the, and the churches that we were able to work with. I want to say thanks uh, to Second Baptist Church for uh, supporting us through um, donations, through materials, through prayers, all those things. Uh, it was a fantastic week. If you have an opportunity to go in the future, please, please clear your calendar and be a part of that. Uh, I was in charge of um, the sports wreck, whatever you want to call it. We had a, a gym. There was a couple pictures you saw in there. that had it was a basketball court covered area, and from the pictures, it looked really nice. Um, you cleaned it up. Thank you. Um, I'm glad he cleaned it up in the pictures because it was not cleaned up when we arrived the first day. Uh, it was basically a pigeon house. And so um, there was all types of things in the in the on the floors and the walls and all that kind of stuff. So you can only imagine. But the kids that we're able to work with act like it was the cleanest thing they had ever seen. Got in there and we played, and it was uh, it was really really exciting to see just the excitement of the kids. And and one of the things that Lawrence said that we we didn't have the ability to be able to communicate because I didn't know Spanish. But one thing crossed. Um, language barriers and that's sports and we played kickball which they call kicking ball um and baseball and basketball and all those kind of things and i uh, just had a, a fantastic time loving on kids um them coming up and and hugging you and and just they were very transparent very open very loving very affectionate uh people even the the teenagers and uh the, the the thing that I want that that God really really showed me this week was uh, not anything really that happened. Obviously, He blessed me and those kind of things while we were down there, but on the plane ride back from Puerto Rico to Houston, um, my wife gets up and she goes to the restroom and and as she's headed to the restroom, there's a gentleman at the back of the plane and and he asks her, "Hey, is your husband a, a minister? Is he a chaplain?" And he's this big african-american guy and she looks at him and she goes yeah um and uh and then she comes back and tells me hey there's a guy at the back of the plane asked me if you were a chaplain i look up and he's got this big smile on his face and he's waving and i'm going i have no idea who you are i wave back at him and and uh, he he gave her a message hey i'd like to be able to talk to him once we get off the plane in houston so i wait and we get off the plane 
I'm a chaplain at a, at a federal prison in Bastrop, and um, he walks up to me, and the closer that he gets, the more familiar that he looks. And uh, he goes, chap, that's what they airbay in prison, they call me that, and they say, chap, I don't know if you remember me or not, um, but I was in prison with you. Um, that didn't sound good. Um, <laughs> I was there while you were there um, in 2005, and I want to tell you, that you meant the world to me while I was there. You may not remember this, but you prayed for me. I had a tragedy in my family, and um, you were able to bless me. We go back to the unit, housing unit, and talk about whatever he said. But it was it was a it was a one of those those moments where God kind of gives you a pat on the back, saying, "Hey, you may never thought you'd see this guy again, but um, this is an affirmation that that the ministry that you have at the prison." It's viable, and that I'm using you to stay faithful to me. And so 10 years later, 12 years later, I get a pat on the back from God, from a guy on a plane from Puerto Rico to Houston. So that was just a really cool moment for me and, and just an affirmation to the ministry we're having at the prison. Thank you again. One of the other things is we invited another church. Becky's brother is a is a pastor at a church in Mineola, Texas, Northside Baptist Church, and he'd been begging, Chris, you travel all over the world all the time, I want to be able to go, and uh, this time we he brought himself and five others as a part of our team, and um, one of the things Steve saw was near the um, the rec center was actually pretty nice compared to what was on the side of the rec center, that playground you saw the kids playing on, um, when we first got there, there were weeds up to here, and so Steve and part of his team just spent the week literally weed-eating, so those kids, so the joy, pure joy in those kids is they had seen that playground for months and years and hadn't been able to use it, and so for them to be able to, to participate in that, again, small things, and one of their team, um, Alva, 24-year-old, she shared her testimony, I don't know if you saw some of the pictures of the block party and us hanging out, and it got a little dark, and this one lady was sharing her story, and um, being able to ter- share her testimony, it really touched um, our students and walking through her story. And so from that, I think God obviously is a part of that, but her sharing her story, um, two of our students, one, JC, said yes to Jesus for the first time, and uh, Lexi recommitted her life. And so in the spirit of baptism, um, I want to show you the video of them being baptized in the ocean. History. This is it right here. His story. To me, one of the most beautiful reasons that we gather together is to celebrate his story and how our story is intersected, how he crashes our story and our way of doing lives. And so this morning, honestly, the best sermons that were preached were right here. Life changed. We're supposed to be in a series called Jonah. Y'all heard about Jonah, right? Jonah was this guy, maybe you haven't, but Jonah was a guy who was a prophet, he was a preacher, and uh, he was a well-known preacher of his day, and God had called him to go to those people that he did not like. He hated them because of their violence. As a matter of fact, that the reason that God sent Jonah to the Assyrians, to the Ninevites, was because the stench of their sin, the stench of their violence, reached his nostrils, is what the Scripture says. And so that's pretty nasty. Okay, and so the stench of their sin and their evil reached his nostrils, and he said, you need to go on my behalf and to present the good news of me so that they can come into relationship. And so this idea of repenting and of turning, and, and this, this idea of repenting is actually extremely simple. 
It's this, is that Chris, whenever he was born, began walking this way in his life. And he was choosing this way. I was choosing my path in the way that I wanted to do things that was best for me and the most convenient for me, that raised me up in my own eyes and what I thought in the eyes of others. So they could look at me and applaud me. That's our, that's our natural bent, is to walk in this way so that we can have an audience for ourselves. That's our natural bent. But somewhere along the way, this guy came in and he presented the good news of Jesus Christ to me. And he said, hey, listen, Chris, is everything working out like you've planned? Do you understand who this Jesus guy is and what he's offered for you of new life? Because listen, as, as good as life was, there was still a huge mess. As a matter of fact, with every day that I did life in my own strength, my own wisdom, my own stamina, my own trying to gain more audience, the messier I made it. And so at some point along the way, I heard the story of Jesus. And I said, listen, I believe in the cross. I believe that he died for me not to clean up my messiness so that I could walk away from that and have a new life, a new agenda, a new purpose that I would see things differently and a transformation from the inside. And so in that moment of repenting, of saying, I desire to now live life not just for myself, but for Jesus, began to not just walk this way, but literally turn around and begin to walk in a totally different direction. That's what repentance is. And so this morning, that's what everyone that was up in the baptistry was saying is, hey, listen, I've been doing life my own way, my own wisdom, and I've gotten to this place, and I realized, listen, it is extremely messy, and I'm never going to be able to, to pull myself up out of that messiness and so I believe that what Jesus has done for me not only covers over that messiness, but now allows me and gives me an opportunity to live life to its fullest and to see people differently so that we can see our neighbors differently. We can see our mess and our family differently. And that's what Jonah was called to do, was, to, was called to go to the, to the Assyrians and to call them to repent from their sins, to recall them from what they were about and who they were about and what their purpose was. And so this morning, that's our story is what direction are you headed? Where has God called you to go? What is God calling you to do? Jonah was called to Nineveh, the people he hated the most. He looked at them. There was pictures of them. If they would have been in National Geographic, he would have thrown it away because he despised who they were and what they stood for. Where is your Nineveh? Where is God calling you to go that you've been resistant to go? That may be even your own home. It's your own family. It's your own mother. It's your own father. It's your aunts and uncles. It may be to work. It may be to school. Wherever he's calling you to go, that you're afraid of what's going to happen when you go to that place. So Jonah literally ran 180 degrees opposite direction from where God had called him to go. And because of his sin, because of his disobedience, it impacted not only his life, but the lives of those on that ship. And listen, I, we live in a world where we think that we can hide our messiness. And the people that do it best are Christians that go to church regularly. Because we have perfected the act of cleaning up to come to church. So that we can present that, hey, I've got it all together. Listen, it's an act. And you know it, and I know it. I've done it, did it for years, presenting. And so some of you are in this room, and you're like, listen, I'm here, I'm doing my social duty, and God's calling you to say, listen, 
quit walking in the direction of your own mess. Repent. Admit. Confess and say, here's who I am. I need Jesus to invade my story. I need his story to invade my story to have a different life. I do not like my life. I do not like my marriage. I do not like where I'm headed. And the only way that I can get cleaned up, the only way that you can find purpose and hope and good news in that is through seeking out a relationship with Jesus and doing that in community and getting honest with those around you and saying, listen, this is where I'm at. This is where I need to go. Jonah's story is very much our story. God's called, if you're a follower of Jesus, God's called you to places. And time after time after time, if we admit it, that he, there's that little moment where he's calling us to do something and we say, mm, I don't know about them. I don't know about that. And so we move past it. Listen, be obedient to your Nineveh. It will bless you. It will bless them. 25 people went to Puerto Rico. And whenever they signed up, they were thinking, nice beaches, calm, cool weather. And here's my list. Here's my plan. I, I, would, I would literally, I would, Mike and I have been on a ton of mission trips with Becky, and we would get through with meetings, and they, people would have all these plans. Gracie, people would have plans. And I was like, in my back of my mind, I'm like, Man, I love that they're planning, but God is going to wreck our plans. Listen, you got a plan, God's going to wreck it. Because he has the best plan. He's got the best plan. And so if you're in a place where you're saying, listen, I need that Jesus that transformed me, that transforms my family, that transforms everything about me, this morning is your opportunity to be a part of that. Let's pray. Father, the good news of Jesus is simple. We trip over it. Father, I pray for those in this room this morning that they know that they need Jesus. They know that they need something. And they're seeing what's happening in the lives of their friends, of their, of their neighbors and people around them. They've seen this even this morning. And Father, you're speaking to their heart and they need something. So Father, I just pray right now. Lord, if there's anyone in this room that needs to say yes to you that you would that they would have the freedom to do that so this morning if you're at a place where you're saying hey i need jesus i need jesus for the first time that you just cry out in your heart jesus i need you i want you and i cannot do life anymore without you Some of you are in this room and you've made that profession, you've made that claim. But you know that you've repented, but you've had those moments of you turning around and walking back in your old ways, in your old thoughts, in your old perceptions. And you need to recommit, you need to refocus, you need to turn back in the direction. This morning, just confess that, Father, I need to repent. I need to turn 180 degrees. I've been focused on me. I've been focused on my agenda. I've been focused on the waves of life and not focused on you. And I confess that. 
Father, we confess as a church that we desire to fulfill the Great Commission, to therefore go wherever you call us to go and to make disciples of Jesus, to make students of Jesus, teaching them and baptizing them in the name of you. That's our mission. That's our calling. And Father, thank you so much for this summer through VBS, through camps, through mission trips, to see you move in mighty ways in lives and that spiritual legacies of families have been radically changed and that the audience is all for you. That when we applaud a life transformed, it's, we're applauding you. Even this morning, that as we're singing songs of Hosanna and of praise, it's giving you worth for new life. Father, may you be brought honor and glory and fame through life change this morning. We just continue our time of worship. I'm going to invite um, Becky up, and um, you can lift your heads as we just continue our time together. I don't have words. <laughs> I don't know that's shocking to a lot of you. Um, if you went to Puerto Rico and uh, you're here this just stand up, please. This isn't all of us, but this is a good portion of us. Thank you. You may be seated. It was, it's easy to get on an airplane and fly to a gorgeous island and share the love of Jesus. And, um, and maybe you're thinking, wow, that would have been great. I so wanted to go on that trip or whatever. But my challenge to you, to those who did get to go to Puerto Rico, is what Mike said earlier. Yeah, Puerto Rico is great, but the most amazing thing was that someone, 12 years later, coming back to him, and what Mike does on a daily basis, just being Mike in his workplace, and what he did, and what he meant to that gentleman, and to see that gentleman and to hear his story and, and how things are going for him, it's just, it's amazing. Who in your life is going to come back to you in 10 years and say, thank you for being Jesus to me? Where are you going to make that difference? Where are you going to let your light shine and be Jesus to people who live in the same house to you, who sit next to you in English class, who work in the cubicle across the hall, who teach next door to you. There are so many opportunities that we have on a daily basis to say yes to following Jesus and to making those disciples. Okay? Jonah was the stupid one. He's already messed that one up. Don't be Jonah. Just say yes. Obey your calling as a follower of Christ in the Great Commission. Go, therefore, making disciples. Go, therefore, may mean you just walk next door to your neighbor's house, the one who you don't like very much. <laughs>